This is the Make Dementia Your Bitch podcast, where I explain how caregivers can lovingly respond to confusing or challenging behaviors and reconnect with family members living with dementia. The information in this podcast is for educational purposes and is no substitute for medical advice or care. Hello, everybody, and welcome to episode 57, Decoding I Want to Go Home. Caregivers of people living with dementia are often unsure how to respond to requests to go home, especially when the person living with dementia is home. In today's podcast, I'm going to help you decode the possible meanings of the sentence, I want to go home. I'm also going to offer some approaches to help you handle this behavior. Before I dive deeper into this topic, I want to talk a little bit about how we learn the meaning of words as toddlers. My eldest, Claire, was born nine weeks premature. This was back in 1989, and the technology and knowledge about the care of preemies was nothing like it is today. She survived in spite of incredible odds that weren't in her favor. The neonatologist told me that Claire would most likely be developmentally delayed and would have learning disabilities. I decided to increase Claire's chances of success by providing a rich environment. I read to her even day, every day, even when she was an infant. And as Claire got older, there was this one book that she absolutely loved. It was a book about animals. I think you, you're probably familiar with it. You know, the dog says wolf, the cat says meow. And the book was textured with velvety material for the dog's fur and yarn for the cat's whiskers. So not only was Claire enjoying hearing it and the visual, she also was having a tactile experience because she would reach out and touch the pictures while imitating the sounds. We also had a cat, Tiger, when Claire was little. So out of all of those words in the book, she stuck on the word cat. So she would point to Tiger and she would either say cat or she'd say when she tried to make a meow meow sound. So back then I had a family pass for the Philadelphia Zoo and it remains one of my all-time favorite zoos. And I took Claire there regularly because as members we could go during normal time, we could sometimes go for members only events and it was really cool. So one day I took Claire and my sister Anne came with us. And this was when Claire was still learning to talk, and she was developing her vocabulary. As we walked past the giraffes, the monkeys, the penguins, and the camels, Claire would excitedly point to the animals, and she would exclaim, cat. Every once in a while, she'd exchange cat with meow. My sister Anne kind of laughed, and she started to correct her and say the name of the animal, But Claire's little developing brain wasn't there yet. According to Claire's baby brain, every animal was either cat or meow meow. 
we finally did make it to the big cat exhibit. And once again, Claire pointed to the cheetahs and exclaimed in her excited baby voice, cat. One of the visitors turned to us and said, what a smart baby. She knows that those are big cats, which goes to show you that even a stopped clock is right twice a day. (laughs) So in Claire's developing brain, the word cat meant all animals. It meant tiger the cat. It meant everything was a cat. At that time, in her brain development, she only had one word in her brain dictionary for animals. As her brain continued to grow and develop, she rapidly learned different words for different animals, such as dog, squirrel, and bunny. As dementia progresses, people living with dementia do start to lose their words, So they begin to do what Claire was doing, using one word to mean many things. It is as if the pages of the dictionary are being torn out. People with primary progressive aphasia, which I talked about a couple episodes ago, lose their words much earlier in the disease trajectory. People with other types of dementia tend to lose their words in the mid to late moderate stage. Loss of vocabulary also depends on how rich the vocabulary was to begin with, what is called cognitive reserve. Someone with extensive education and who possesses a rich vocabulary may retain their words longer than someone who has a limited vocabulary before the dementia shows up. Just as in Claire's developing brain, cat meant all animals, home may have a variety of meaning for someone living with dementia. On one day, I want to go home may mean, I don't know where I am. Nothing looks familiar. On another day, I want to go home may mean, I'm scared and I want to go somewhere that is safe. Or it could mean, I want to go where I am loved. Or, I want to go to a place where I know where everything is. Families of people living with dementia are often confused about how to respond to these requests to go home. Probably because there's a lot of conflicting information about how to respond. I recommend trying a series of responses and noticing how your family member reacts. It is also helpful to pay attention to how the person living with dementia is acting as they make the request to go home. Is your family member sitting quietly while asking to go home? Is your family member wandering from room to room? Has your loved one started packing a suitcase? Their behavior as they ask to go home may offer clues to decoding what they're trying to express, what it is that they want. The person sitting quietly may be confused or scared. The person wandering from room to room may be looking for long-dead family members. The person packing their suitcase likely wants to return to their childhood home 
because as they move backwards in time, they are no longer recognizing their current home. Before I talk about how to respond, I'm going to take a short break. There is no one right way to respond. And I know that sounds, you know, counterintuitive, but something that works one day may not work the other day because the meaning of I want to go home may fluctuate from day to day. So it's helpful to have a set of approaches and see which one has the greatest calming influence that day. Unless the person is packing their things or wandering from room to room, you can start with, you are home in response to, I want to go home. Sometimes that is enough to reassure the person living with dementia that they are in a familiar place. If your family member responds with an increase in agitated behaviors, or if they were already agitated to start with, the request to go home could be because of an unmet need, such as needing to go to the bathroom or feeling hungry. I always try the bathroom route first. You may want to lead them to the toilet. I know that sounds super weird, but one trigger I frequently see is that the person needs to urinate or defecate and has no idea where the bathroom is. So they ask to go home so that they can go find the toilet and relieve themselves. You can try saying in response to, I want to go home, you can try saying, okay, but first I'll take you to the toilet and lead the person to the commode. If the issue is not the need to relieve themselves, you can suggest that they eat first. If neither of these things work, if the issue is not hunger, if the issue is not the need to relieve themselves, and they continue to want to go home, you can ask your family member, or rather, you can say to them, tell me about home. What do you love about your home? Sometimes the response you receive may give you clues about what is going on with your family member. You may even be surprised. Maybe they are missing their parents or siblings. Sometimes when people say, I miss my mom, it can mean more than they miss their mom, especially if they do realize that mom is gone. I miss my mom may be code for, I miss safety, I miss security, I miss the love. So if your loved one is asking to go home and when you ask them to tell you more about home and they start talking about parents or siblings, this may be an opportunity to have a scrapbook handy and look at the pictures and have them reminisce and to ask your family member to tell you about the people in the pictures and what's going on. Sometimes the request to go home is because the person living with dementia feels frightened because nothing seems to be making sense. Imagine living in a world where you feel totally out of place, where nothing seems to have any rhyme or reason. How frightening would that be? So you can respond to that fear by saying, you are safe, I'll protect you. 
And again, going back to some of the earlier podcasts, you don't have to use a whole lot of words. Short, sweet, and concrete is the way to go. Sometimes saying, I love you, I'm taking care of you, can also reassure the person living with dementia and provide a loving response to the need that is behind the request to go home. Many times, the request to go home occurs at the end of the day, what many call sundowning. I'd like for you to look at the request to go home in another light, no pun intended. When people worked outside the home, they left their job and went home at the end of the day. And I would say the majority of people worked day shift hours, the 7 to 5 or 8 to 4. This desire to return home could be an old procedural memory fueled by 30, 40, 50, or 60 years of employment. Like I said, most people work during the day, so the waning sun in the late afternoon could be triggering old memories of gathering up your stuff and going home after a long day of work. Because unlike the environment now where many of us may work hybrids, hybrid schedules, or we may even work in offices, many of our parents and grandparents may have worked in factories or in textiles, on assembly lines, where the the five o'clock whistle would blow and everybody would leave to go home. This may be a situation where entering their reality could be a useful strategy. Now, to backtrack a little bit, I've had some questions last week about entering their reality strategy. There was some confusion about that. To clarify, entering their reality is a little bit like the old children's TV show, Mr. Rogers' Neighborhood and the Land of Make-Believe. Children believe that Lady Elaine and King Friday and X the Owl are real, but also at some other level, they may know that these characters are puppets. In the elastic imagination of children, both realities can coexist. In your family member's dementia-altered brain, multiple, concurrent, but oppositional realities can exist. What do I mean by that? A lot of big words here. What I'm saying is, Your loved one may know that they are your parent and that they are 75 years old and that their parents no longer exist, but at the same time in the same space, they may also believe that they are still working at their job or that they still have young children or they still have to go home and have dinner with mom and dad. It's really kind of cool the way the dementia-altered brain works. There's a saying in physics that no two objects can occupy the same space at the same time, but in the dementia-altered brain, very different and contradictory realities 
can coexist together. So you and I are looking at this going, this doesn't make sense, but you know what? It doesn't have to make sense. It is their reality. That means that all the explaining in the world does nothing. When I talk about entering their reality, I mean that you can find some explanation that is aligned with your family member's current, maybe multiple, realities. So when they ask to go home, you could respond with, it's really late right now. Let's go tomorrow. You're not lying. It is late for you. Even if it's four o'clock in the afternoon, it's you, it's late and you sure as hell don't feel like driving them all over the neighborhood. In fact, I know of families that will drive the person living with dementia all over to the next town and show them where the house used to be or drive to the old house and tell the person living with dementia that someone else is living there now. Not a good idea. These approaches do not end well and they actually increase agitation and upset behaviors. Perhaps there was a time in your loved one's past when they had to leave their home for some reason. Maybe they went on vacation or maybe they had to leave their home for repairs. One family member told their loved one, your house is getting painted, so you're going to stay here for a bit. And that worked because in their mom's past memory and and because she was moving backwards in time, she had a memory somewhere of the house being painted. So them saying to her, oh, your house is getting painted, that entered her reality of, because again, she was moving back in time. So as far as she was concerned, her house was getting painted right now. It made sense to her. It felt right. So staying somewhere while the house was being painted made perfectly good sense. So this family member simply repeated it every night when mom would ask to go home. Eventually, mom stopped asking to go home. So she, you know, she kind of moved out of that phase. The bottom line is that it may take trial, error, and creativity to figure out first what the request to go home means at this point in time and how to best respond. You can also find more detail about ways to handle this behavior in my book, Make Dementia Your Bitch, which is available on Amazon, and I have the link in the show notes. If you are dealing with this behavior and want some expert help, I do have some openings for one-on-one coaching. I also dive deeper into this behavior in my upcoming program, Confident and Competent Dementia Caregiving. I'll be opening enrollment in a couple of weeks. Thank you so much for listening to today's podcast. And together, we're going to make dementia our bitch. I hope you found this podcast helpful. Please rate and review on your favorite podcast platform so other dementia caregivers can find this podcast. If you are a caregiver for someone with dementia and need help understanding and dealing with these behaviors, please contact me. You can find me on Facebook, Make Dementia Your Bee, or email me, info at makedementiayourbitch.com.